What's up, Jets fans, and welcome to another edition of Jet Nation Live. I am your host, Dylan Terman. No Chris Schubert tonight. He had a last-minute um, emergency that he had to attend to, so I'll be flying solo. We are not going to be continuing our summer ranking series. Obviously, without Chris, there is no summer ranking series, so um, I'm going to cover the first day of uh, practice for the Jets today, about 20, 25 minutes solo pod. Um, obviously I wasn't at practice. I was at work, but there are many reports coming out of practice. Um, many, so, uh, centered around Aaron Rodgers. That's kind of going to be the main focus of the practice portion of my notes, but there's a ton of other notes outside of Aaron Rodgers that we need to get to. Uh, obviously the Jets are back in practice first day. They reported yesterday, first day back out in practice. They're in shorts, helmets, and the concussion shock absorber for the, the main positions, like the, the trench players and whatnot. Um, but first, we're going to get into the injury report. There is an injury report already. Um, a bit of a confusing injury report, I guess. Um, some people on Twitter don't seem to quite understand the the rules of the pup list, but the Jets did put four players on the pup list. Running back Brees Hall, who Salah said did hit 23 miles per hour on the GPS, but they are going to slow play the entire situation. Understandable. You know my thoughts on Dalvin Cook. I think that that would be an insane signing if they could get both in the fold, have a top one RB group in the in the league. But Brees Hall is on the pup list. So is Randall Cobb and CJ Uzoma, who Zach Rosenblatt of The Athletics said that they're not going to be out for very long, probably a couple days for the two of those. And then Safety slash cornerback Jarek Bernard Converse, the rookie six-round pick. Connor Hughes, uh, he tweeted that he was in a walking boot today, so he's also on the pup. We're not exactly sure how long that's going to be, but any of these guys are able to become uh, active roster members off the pup any day now. So as soon as Brees is ready, he'll be off. Like I said, Cobb and Uzama in a couple days. Jarek Bernard Converse, maybe we'll have to wait a little bit longer to see what's going on with him. In the meantime, the Jets did make a couple of um, signings. Uh, Dane Crookshank, DB, uh, fifth rounder in a, the 2018 draft from Tennessee. Uh, he played for Chicago as well. Um, so that kind of seems like the replacement one for one of Jarek Bernard Converse. So we have a signing of him and then wide receiver Alec Erickson, uh, I believe from Washington. I think he also spent time in Cincinnati. That news came down literally seconds before I hit record to go live. So I don't have a ton of notes on Erickson, but Dane Crookshank has only started four games in his uh, entire career, which is five seasons, 52 total games. To me, that says depth and special teams only. And for right now, it looks like he's just going to be a JBC insurance type of play. So Crookshanks is in the fold for now. What's up, Dakota? See in the in the chat, dropping your emojis. Thank you for that. Um, the big news, obviously the biggest roster news that happened in the first two days is Denzel Mims being traded to Detroit. That would assume the one for one of Alec Erickson being signed. I think he's just going to take those camp reps from Denzel Mims. Anyway, Mims was on the roster bubble. It seemed like for two years now, since his rookie season didn't end as spectacularly as we thought, but there were flashes and then he didn't come into year two and hit the ground running in the new system. So it's unfortunate for him, but it doesn't look like he's going to, you know, obviously he's not going to be around the Jets much longer, but he will be in the NFL still. The Detroit Lions pick him up. They send a 2024 conditional sixth-round pick to the Jets, and the condition on that is he has to make the roster. That's it. He has to make the 53. I haven't looked at the depth chart for the Lions, but I know they have a handful of good receivers. Obviously, they have 
Jamison Williams, who's going to be on suspension. Amon Ross St. Brown. I believe they still have Khalif Raymond, who's a decent player slash return guy for them. So it might be hard for Denzel Mims to actually crack the 53-man roster. But if he does, the Jets will get a 2024 sixth-round pick, and they will send a 2025 seventh-round pick. So Joe Douglas doesn't like to make seventh-round picks. His only one in his entire Jets tenure is Zach Koontz this year. And he's traded away or moved up or down with those seventh-round picks. He used the 2024 pick to go acquire Chuck Clark. Obviously, that didn't really work out. And this year, he sends it away with Denzel Mims to Detroit. So the Jets have a couple open roster spots if they do want to sign players. I don't believe Quan Alexander is in the cards based on what I'm seeing on Twitter from the beat, but that could change any minute with an injury. And Dalvin Cook still uh, is out there as a free agent. So those are guys that I think that roster spot could be freed up for. Solid did say he wished him luck in Detroit, which is nice. And it's unfortunate that he wasn't able to, you know, make it with the Jets. But for all the hype, hopefully he does stick with Detroit and can be a player. Um, Some other small news before we get into the actual training camp portion of my notes. The Jets, um, I guess some kind of intern that works for the Jets team, snuck a video of a player. It looked like CJ Uzama behind a curtain wearing what looked like a throwback uniform. And the Jets are going to be... It's been confirmed. I think U Stadium's tweet confirmed it that on Monday, July 24th, so this upcoming Monday, they're going to be unveiling their throwback uh, uniforms uh, in, I guess, homage to the New York Sack Exchange. So they're going to have the helmet that looks like this one, the Jets with the cool, the cool lettering instead of the one that they have now, which is kind of a basic upgrade from what the last logo was. So I'm really excited about those jerseys. I know uniforms have been a hot topic on Twitter. Um, I know my co-host Glenn isn't a huge fan of the the jerseys and the numbers and this and that, but I am certainly a huge fan of the jerseys. Maybe he is a fan of these throwback jerseys, but I'm excited for them. I'm definitely going to get an Aaron Rodgers in the throwbacks. So definitely drop in the comments of this video if you're going to get a throwback uniform and who you're going to get one for, because there's plenty of guys on this roster finally that are, you know, willing enough, you know, that we should be getting their jerseys for. I know it's been a down year the last five years. The last jersey I bought was Jamal Adams before I now have an Aaron Rodgers jersey that realistically I only bought because I got a, I want a gift card on Twitter for it. So I don't really, you know, I'm not in the Twitter, uh, the jersey buying business, but I'm definitely going to get a throwback jersey, probably a Garrett Wilson or a sauce to go along with my Aaron Rodgers. So excited about that news. Um, Obviously, there's always hard knocks drama. There's always going to be hard knocks drama with the Jets. Um, the most recent thing was that they're not going to show cut down day at, uh, on the show, which is a tradition for hard knocks. The last couple episodes have always been, you know, players getting their hearts ripped out or, you know, being told that they're getting let go of their, their dream and not being able to pursue what they've played their entire lives to do. So the Jets are not going to do that. They're not going to show the cut downs. They called it inhumane. Um, you know, I, I always watched that part of the show because it's part of the show that I watched, but it was never something that I said always needed to be in the show. I felt like it was nice, but then there's times where like you really feel bad for the guys when they get cut. So I'm cool with it. Obviously, Joe Douglas started his career doing that for the Ravens on Hard Knocks, uh, ironically enough. And Robert Sala is never going to let his player be shown in a negative light. And he will do everything to, you know, go out of his way to say something positive about a player. So it makes no sense for them to show the cut down. So that'll be a new interesting tweak. 
but Salah did have an I Heart HK shirt on at his press conference, which was pretty exciting that they're actually just gelling and, you know, getting along. And it's it's business, you know, at the end of the day. And the Jets are here to just win football games. They're not here to appease the media and do what Hard Knocks wants them to do. If you um, aren't following Connor Orr of SI Sports Illustrated, he wrote an article about how the Jets need to just it's, – it's not, you know, it's nothing. This is what we need to do is – focus on football and not the the cameras in everybody's face. And I don't think it's going to be a big distraction. So a little bit of news there as far as hard knocks that will begin in two weeks from now. Jeez, 14 days till the Jets play a football game seems really crazy. So uh, we're here. We're, we're here. The Jets are at practice, soon to be playing two weeks. But now let's get into the big news, the training camp reports. Um, a lot of my notes here today are from Zach Rosenblatt of The Athletic. I have a couple tweets from Connor Hughes. Um, I have Dan Wazak's um, famous emoji scoreboard to go over so that we can talk about who's doing well, who's not doing well, and what we should be keeping our eyes on. And then I have a couple notes from Kevin or KRL from the Jet Nation. He's on the Jet Nation forums and the Jet Nation website. Uh, Definitely go give that a look on the website, jetnation.com. He has access every single day of practice. He'll be there. He does an entire article breaking down, you know, even the warmups and how different they look in warmups compared to years prior. And he he d- does a ton of great detailed work during training camp. So KRL's training camp updates on jetnation.com. Definitely go check those out. But m- mainly sticking with Zach Rosenblatt's article from The Athletic, he talked about Aaron Rodgers and the patience that he's actually displaying with the offense. And I think to me, that's a huge positive sign, obviously, because Many saw the attitude that Aaron Rodgers had leaving Green Bay as, you know, very sour, very over it, so to speak. He didn't feel like he wanted to be there. He would come off the sidelines and not really communicate with his teammates. He has been known to not get a rapport with younger wide receivers. And this year, Alan Lazard said that his approach seems to be much slower, much more patient in his approach. And he recalled on how in 2018, when he was trying to build a rapport with Rodgers, it was very hard for him to get that. And Rodgers was just like, you guys got to just pick it up and play. You got to just figure it out. And now he's kind of taking a drawn back approach. So when Rodgers was asked about that today, he said, I've grown a lot over the years. You try to rectify some of the things you did a certain way that you could have done better. I think it's always important to have patience in shorts and helmets through these first few days of camp. Sometimes patience can wear thin if it's repeated mistakes. We're just building this thing right now. He said he also feels less triggered after admitting to being easily angered earlier in his career. And while those seem like duh kind of things to say, I think it's important because, like I said, the attitude he had leaving Green Bay was not a positive one. And many, many Jets fans thought he was just going to copy and paste that attitude right into Florham Park, right into one Jets drive, infect this youthful team that is full of exuberance and ready to go chase their Super Bowl aspirations. And they were just going to be soured by Aaron Rodgers. And that's clearly not the case. They've totally embraced Aaron Rodgers. He is embracing them. There was even a moment where he pulled Zach Wilson aside and said, hey, man, just slow things down. It's going to be all right after an incomplete pass. So maybe two, three years ago, Aaron Rodgers, you wouldn't see that. But now this New York style Aaron Rodgers that we're seeing here, he is a little bit laid back. And I'm I'm very happy that that's what we're seeing early and often. Obviously, it could end very quickly when live 
passes are being thrown and players aren't in the spots they need to be. And he can immediately, you know, flip the script and be, you know, kind of that sour old grump. But for now, we should take the high points for what they are. And all it is is just building chemistry with every single receiver on the team right now. Um, He did say that there were a few issues, a few little issues with the offense in today's practice. Um, He said they're only actual issues, though, if you don't get back and clean it up after a film study. So one day sample size, I'm not going to get too pressed about it. They defense usually looks better in most of training camp, most of the preseason. You see it in the third, fourth quarter of games. You got guys like Tanzel Smart and Michael Clemens out there abusing third and fourth string offensive guards and centers and just making them look silly. So the defense is usually going to win these matchups. But it is nice to see that he is admitting that there were some flaws, but nobody's hitting the panic button just yet. Now, the other quarterback, Zach Wilson, he ran with the twos. I know many uh, fans are, oh, is he going to be QB3? Is he going to be QB2? Two weeks ago, Chris and I did our quarterback ranking show, and we were kind of conflicted. We said Tim Boyle could be QB3. Zach Wilson could be QB3. It does. It was, there's really a competition there. Today, kind of didn't seem like a competition. Zach Wilson was with the twos. He had a really bad miss on Xavier Gibson, but he did have the only touchdown of the day, a sidearm touchdown pass to Nicole Hardman. You love to see that, especially with a new player. Building rapport with new players is always a great thing to do in camp. So it was nice to see him get get the only touchdown of the day. Tim Boyle, however, did not look very good. Wobbly, inaccurate passes, according to, to Zach Rosenblatt's article. He even underthrew Malik Taylor on a free play opportunity. The defense jumped off sides, and it was just there was a, there was a chance, but there wasn't a chance after the throw. And I, I wanted to highlight that specifically, not to be a negative on Tim Boyle, but those free play opportunities are going to be a staple in this offense with Aaron Rodgers. Um, some, you know, some people love watching it happen and some people pull their hair out while it's happening because it's a weird situation. It's like a glitch in the system and Aaron Rodgers abuses it all the time with uh, defenses, either switching on and off the field, making substitutions or however he's trying to get that free play opportunity, he will, and he'll take those deep ball shots. But I just wanted to say that for Tim Boyle, because that's going to be, something to look forward to another thing maybe on the negative side while we're talking about Aaron Rodgers and his tendencies using timeouts on offense on like a second down second and eight when he just doesn't like the offensive look that could be something we need to settle in for with the New York Jets I know that's not something we're accustomed to but if he doesn't like something at the line of scrimmage or the play call based on the defensive look he will just burn a timeout he really doesn't care Uh, The Packers have been known to burn multiple timeouts in the first half, you know, when they didn't need to. And then it kind of came back to bite them at the end of the half. So those are all things that we'll have to, you know, keep in mind with Aaron Rodgers. But the free play opportunities is definitely a big positive that I see there. All right. Moving off of the quarterbacks, the biggest non-quarterback storyline that I read about today was Makai Becton. He was kind of moved around all over the place. And it seems like that's going to be the plan for him, right tackle and left tackle. Today, however, Dwayne Brown was not at practice. Uh, I don't know if Saul was asked about it directly, but there was not really an answer on where his absence was coming from. He's not on any injured list, so maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, it's an excused absence. But Makai um, Becton started at right tackle. Billy Turner started at left tackle. So a familiar face in the Hackett offense steps into a, a premier position 
when there is an injury or an absence. So Billy Turner's the left tackle one. Then when Zach Wilson came on the field, Dwayne Brown, or excuse me, Makai Becton moved over to the left tackle spot. So when he was playing with the twos, he was the left tackle. Kind of important to note, maybe when Dwayne Brown comes back, there will be an actual competition. I was getting ready to do our offensive summer ranking series and say that I don't think it's really a competition. I think Dwayne Brown's kind of got this in the bag. I'd even go as far as to say, besides Elijah Vera Tucker, Dwayne Brown's probably the second best offensive lineman on the team right now. Obviously, Makai Becton's upside makes him you know, considerably better if he hits that potential. But Dwayne Brown right now is our second best offensive lineman. And I think that's not really a hot take, but maybe some might consider that a little mild or spicy. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball. And this is where I think the majority of the positives are going to be in these first few days, first few weeks of camp. Like I mentioned before, DJ Reed had a beautiful pass breakup against Tyler Conklin um, it was a Rodgers throw, not a Wilson throw. I would try to be specific if I can figure out who the quarterback was on the play, because I think that's also important in terms of depth chart. Um, Michael Carter, the second had a forced incompletion that was on a slant to Hardman from Rodgers. Bryce Huff had a would be sack on Zach Wilson, but they didn't call them today. I guess they weren't calling sacks or they just were calling very, very obvious sacks. So Bryce Huff got one, Jermaine Johnson got one on Zach Wilson, and Carl Lawson also got a sack. It did not say who uh, the quarterback was, but that's amazing. Your your three you know main edge rushers are getting to the quarterback, obviously against their own players, but it's a good sign of what's to come. Will McDonald, you want to see his name in there a little bit more, but Jermaine Johnson was just hyped up by Quinton Williams as a player who's going to have a breakout season. Not not a make or break season like people like to write articles about, but a breakout season. Bigger, faster, stronger is exactly what Quinn Williams said to describe Jermaine Johnson entering year two. So I'm excited about those little things. Uh, another positive, flipping back to the offense, I have one more positive and one more negative before we wrap the show here. But a positive rookie, Israel Abanacanda broke a 20-yard screen pass. First of many for this kid. I mean, there's no way this guy's going to be able to be held off the field with his explosiveness and his home run speed, especially in the preseason. I wouldn't be surprised if in the first, you know, game or two, people are already talking about Israel Abanacanda as like that that sleeper running back that you have to stash on your your fantasy team or what have you in case Brees Hall is not healthier or, you know, ready to start the season. So Israel Abanacanda, a very good positive one of many, and then a negative, which could turn into a positive, depending on how you want to spin it. Um, Kevin from Jet Nation in his uh, training camp update said that there were some bad center exchanges between Connor McGovern and Aaron Rodgers. A lot of people are kind of like smiling, you know, behind that saying, you know, Joe Titman, let's go. Let's get that rookie in there as a, as a rookie center at the middle anchor point of this uh, offensive line that's going to protect our most priceful commodity of Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, it's really important that they get the center figured out. And I think a lot of that is going to be Rodgers' discretion on who he has the best rapport with. Obviously it's day one. So a lot of, you know, you know, let's, let's wait, get a larger sample size, but Connor McGovern having bad snap issues already could spell Joe Titman coming into the, to the starting center position. I will get into the offensive line a little bit. Uh, Chris and I will talk way more about it next week when he's back, but I think Tittman is going to start at center. 
not because of this little hiccup in, in bad exchanges in the first day of camp, but I just think Titman's upside and his athleticism, his ability to play in space, make contact when he's pulling with a linebacker or a safety or a nickel corner, even edge guys, he's able to pull and just create contact with open rush lanes for, I think Joe Titman does that way better than Connor McGovern. So if this team really wants to be that wide zone, you know, moving people, moving all five off the ball with the running back coming in behind. I think that Joe Tittman should be the starting center. I already mentioned Dwayne Brown's probably the second best offensive lineman on the team right now, but AVT said he wants to stay at right guard all season, and that's pretty much the, the expectation, the plan for him. Obviously, one injury could change things, but I look at him, and if Makai Becton doesn't win the left tackle spot, if he does want to be – you know, shipped out of New York because he doesn't want to play right tackle full term because of what it did to his knee. Maybe AVT does slide into right tackle. Maybe it is Billy Turner that slides into right tackle, but I think AVT is somebody you can look at too, because he was dominant at three positions last year on the offensive line. So he's kind of that, you know, interchangeable piece that you don't really want to move, but if you have to, you really can. I kind of liken him if we're going with a Packers reference, like an Elgin Jenkins, he was a second, I think a second round pick out of Mississippi state. So he's played all four or five positions on the offensive line for the Packers in his three or four years in, in the league. AVT is kind of following suit. He's that guy you can move around. So I would be, wouldn't be surprised if he was the right tackle. If something happens with Mekhi Becton, then you have a Billy Turner at right guard, maybe a Connor McGovern at right guard. If Joe Tittman wins the center position, there's so many different opportunities for players to step up and, and get playing time on this offensive line that it really is, I think, a competition in three of the five spots. I think both guard spots right now are pretty locked down with Lakin and ABT. But left tackle, I think it's going to be Brown, but it could be Becton. Right tackle, if it's not Becton, who is it? And then center, it's going to come down to Titman and McGovern. So a lot of fun battles to watch. We're only at day one of camp. Uh, I believe there's nine open practices to the Jets uh, for the Jets uh, fans to attend. I was unlucky and could not get tickets to the first four practices. So my best chance is going to be in August. I hope everybody has a fun time out there on Saturday or Sunday, whichever day you're going. Make sure you, you post lots of pictures of Aaron Rodgers for me. So while I'm out on the golf course, I can you know, still be jealous that you guys are watching Aaron Rodgers up close and personal. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Short show today with no Chris Schubert. We'll be back next week. Uh, make sure you follow and uh, listen to all Glenn's solo shows. He's been popping in on YouTube, adding a couple shows to the feed, talking about the drama, the news, any updates that come along during the week that we can't get to right away on this show. So follow him on Twitter at JNRadio underscore Glenn. That's Glenn with two N's. You can follow me on Twitter at DTerman. You can follow Jet Nation on all social media platforms and make sure you follow Chris Schubert as well on the TDN Daily Show on YouTube. And you can follow him on Twitter at Chris Schubert underscore. Appreciate everybody viewing tonight. And until next time, let's go Jets.